Sleepers Podcast. Welcome back. It's Monday, January 8th. Carter Elliott's in the building. I'm Greg Waddell. I'm also in my building. And uh, we're a little tired, I think. <laughs> how, are, how are you, Car? Are you, is your morale good right now or is it like sad? It's definitely, a, it's, it's not, uh, I wouldn't say sad, maybe a little somber, mm. a little melancholy to throw some other words out there. But I also need to realize that there's other people in this world that need me, you know, family, wife. And my NFL team, Matthew Stafford. I'll see you Sunday, brother. That felt confident from you. No, I, no, just, just no confident, no sadness. Just I'll see you Sunday, and we'll see who comes out of Ford Field alive. Can I ask you a question on that? Uh huh. I'm so I'm really bitter about this, and I know like I don't think the Rams are better than the Lions, but I'm really bitter about the fact we have to play Matt because the NFL screwed us. Um, oh yeah, like I was in Ford Field with you yesterday. There were like probably a hundred plus Matt Stafford jerseys in the building. Mm-hmm. I have a theory that this fan base isn't capable of seeing Matt Stafford as a villain, and that the home field advantage is going to be lessened because of this. No, we, we'll we'll find a way. Troy Lions fans always do. We'll just listen to a couple episodes of Kelly Stafford's podcast. That'll really rile us up. Okay, I'm just a little worried about it. I feel like there's going to be less animosity in the building than there would have been if it was Green Bay. And I'm I'm upset, but I hope he gets his block. I hope he gets his block knocked off. I love Matt, man. I, <laughs> I do too. I do too. I hope he gets his block knocked off. I don't think I can physically root against this guy. I can, but I have to. Okay, uh, should be a fun show. We have some fun topics. Uh, previews and recaps have been going well, by the way, just quick state of the sleepers. Uh, we are going to keep those up through the remainder of the season. It's also NFL time and we think we're going to try some NFL videos. So I know there were some comments when we did the college football playoff stuff last week of people like stick to basketball, totally fair. Uh, the nice thing is if you want to stick to basketball, you can just watch and listen to the basketball and pretend we're sticking to basketball. But uh, the reality is Carter and I like talking about all sports. So this week might be a little football heavy uh, just on this very program, the Sleepers podcast version of this. And then, of course, we clip out the segments of this as well on our YouTube channel. So just be prepared for that, people. Um, If you want your fix of all the strictly college basketball stuff, that's still going to be there and all the previews and recaps that we do. And we'll work in at least one fun college basketball topic here and there. But I think as this week gets closer and closer to the, the playoffs, of the NFL this weekend, we're probably going to be talking a lot of NFL on this program. So just be prepared for that. With that said, Cart, uh, YouTube comment of the day. What do you got? Uh, this one comes from Taylor made vibe and it says, so dot, 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 dot. We had two top one, two top 25 teams. One's top five team. The other was undefeated with Tennessee and Ole Miss playing Saturday yet. Not even a word about the game. Embarrassing. You two are, uh, that hurts. Um, we're not embarrassing. Maybe we missed that game. But I will say this. Uh, Ole Miss went into Knoxville, and they got dog walked. So that about sums that up. Is that your recap? Should I clip that out? for Tennessee? Yeah, you can, you can clip this out. So Ole Miss traveled to Knoxville to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. Ole Miss had not lost yet. They were one of the few undefeated teams. And the fraudulent undefeatedness of them wore off. They were down by 15 before they could even take a breath. And the game really didn't get close throughout the whole game. And they ended up losing by about 30 points, I think, maybe 20. 
I just laugh at embarrassing YouTube channel. Like, I literally put 19 videos up on Friday. Like, what do you want from where we're a two man operation that's getting a little bit of lovely help, a lot of bit of help from the heat check guys. We love those guys, but they're helping us out of the goodness of their hearts because they're basketball savants who want to support the product and help us help them type thing. But like, we're not like an operation that can do every game in the country. Like I make a sheet of all the games every single week. Like there were 19 games on Saturday. What do you want from me that we covered? Like, man. And uh, we got to pick and choose at some point, man. Like again, this week I, I'm looking through, I don't think I have Tennessee on the list this week. Does that mean Tennessee's a bad basketball team? No, it just means like we're not in the top 20 of games we're interested in that week. Like, I I wouldn't call that embarrassing though for a two man operation cart. Like someone did, someone someone did comment below on that and uh, defend us, saying basically the same thing that you said. So shout out to that person. That just gets my gully going today, car on a Monday morning. Like I just can I pause know? that? I don't know what that is. I thought I thought that was a phrase people say. I don't think it is. No, I, mm-hmm. I, a gullet is a mouth. I said gully. Oh, still still might pause that. I'm not sure what I meant by that. Okay, well, uh, why don't we go to the Discord? Join the Discord if you'd like. We had a lot of nice signups in the Discord over the weekend. Um, pushing 110 members in the Discord now, which is awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Evan Miyakawa, by the way. Newest Discord member yeah. at evanmia.com. Yeah, yeah, new legend joined. Uh, every, that got everyone in the in the Discord very excited. And for I have seen a couple comments like on the YouTube and just in general asking how to join the Discord. The link is in all the videos that we do. Uh, it's also on our Twitter in our bio for those who uh, follow us on Twitter at Sleepers Media. You click that link, do it on the desktop, you get into it, you join the Discord, and then to access the threads, the content, the conversation, all that with everybody, interact with us and the Discord community, you have to pay $9.99 a month. So, you know, click on the link on your desktop, join, and then you can have access to the whole Discord. And then once you join on your desktop, that just secures the $9.99 price. And then you can download the Discord app on your Android, uh, you know, laptop, phone, whatever, and access it that way. But just for anyone who maybe has some confusion on how to join the Discord, the link is going to be in the bio of this video. And honestly, everything we do, we throw the link on there. I might get the Discord link tatted on my forearm soon. <laughs> Yeah, a little QR code. Yeah, in the description in this video is where that is. Uh, so bio Elliot. No, it's all good. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to play terminology with you. Just when you were saying the first time, you said in the video, and I could see someone being like, "Well, I don't see it in the video. Where is it? In the description. You got to click into the description in YouTube." Um, so, couple just quick thoughts on the Discord because I know I think people that think about it the first time are like, "Really, nine ninety nine a month? Like it's money grab?" I. Uh, you might be able to say it's a money grab if you wanted to. The The simple reality of why we went a paid model for this was because we didn't know anything about Discord in the summer. And we had a couple of people asking us to start a Discord. And Carter and I talked about it. We're like, well, that's not really something we want to manage. It's not something we necessarily view as how we want to grow sleepers. But if people want it, we will do it. We just need to make it worth our time. So we were like, let's do $9.99 a month. Both of us have been members of other discords. Like I, I'm in the gambling community and discord's a huge thing there. People charge a lot for gambling discords. So we thought 999 was relatively fair. Um, 
to start and it was kind of like a barrier price where like if you really want to support the show you'll do it if you don't no hard feelings and you just don't do it that's totally fine and it has a level of exclusivity to it almost um what it has now turned into in three months is like these people are part of our show these people are part of us like it's it, that's the reality of it every single day like there's 104 people in here now that i know semi-personally at this point like i know their personalities i know the teams they root for i know how they like to talk about basketball and uh simply put they help the show every single day so i think this community is going to keep growing um and the reality of it is when when i lost my job the fact that we charge for the discord is one of the only reasons I've been able to view this as a job now and not do other things. So um, obviously that's led to growth, like because there was a little bit of money coming in that turned to let's do recaps and previews for every game, which is now going well. And now there's real paths to money for sleepers. So uh, we owe a lot to the Discord is the point. And uh, it's no hard feelings if you don't join. But like we said, 104 people are in there right now. We'd love to see that number keep growing. And uh, you get to become a part of the show while supporting the show. There you go. There's the plug. Comments from the Discord as we read every single day. Let's get to them for today. We have a lot because this goes back to uh, before the Illinois-Purdue game. So a lot of fun stuff to talk about here, Car. This is from Frisbee31. He says, if you're Purdue and Illinois puts five guys on the perimeter on offense, what do you do? Does Edie stay in the paint and give up the three? The only non-shooter on Illinois is Ty. I can't see them assigning Edie to guard Ty. Frisbee, you better see it, my friend, because Matt Painter's a genius. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this in length on all the other Illinois and Purdue videos that we did. Um there's something that needs to be figured out on the Illinois end about how they're going to approach games. And I think the the one I kind of stick out or one that sticks with me is the, because you have depth doesn't mean that guys earn certain minutes or earn certain playing time. That means that you have different guys that you can deploy in different situations. And there's going to be games where certain guys don't play because that's not a game for them. Like that's, they, they just don't fit in that game. When Illinois plays Purdue, I just don't think that you can play Ty or Dane. Like that's just that just is what it is. Um, and you know it would be interesting to see when that rematch does come. The uh, the rubber match, I believe, is the phrase. Uh, back in Champaign, uh, what changes uh, Coach Underwood makes? Yeah, um, <laughs> I, we said it in the recap, but to me, there's not much more tweaking to do from anyone. It's just is Brad willing to commit to the one lineup that has success or not? That's it. Like, I don't think straight up, uh, you can play this game a hundred times. I don't think Illinois can win this game with Ty Rogers on the floor. And I think Dane Danger hurts them as well. And unfortunately for Illinois, they have only five other playable players outside of those two guys. So you think, you, you think Brad's an uh, analytics guy? Yeah, I do. You do? Okay. I, mean, so... I, I think, I think he does both. Like, I, I don't think he's like trusting a spreadsheet over his heart, but I yeah, think no, I, no, I respect, but there, but there is definitely some, you know, some, what is it? Credence to yeah, how, how certain lineups look on the floor. Like, you know, in those situations, sometimes stats really don't lie. Yeah. I think it was Joe Jackson boilers in the stands who sent me, yeah. I was asking for the numbers and I believe it was plus 14 with yeah. uh, the five shooter lineup. And yeah. you shout out to a uh, Cobra Cobra stats. I believe it was yeah. who actually had that plus minus. He came through clutch on that. Yeah. Very, very clutch. Um, Okay, Craig says, Carter, The some members of the MSU game chat were on your ass. The discussion then devolved into a full-on English class. Do you have any comments on the chat's performance today? 
I'm thinking this would have been back on uh, Friday. So do you know that there were people on your ass for uh, maybe some some English, some grammar? No, I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah, that's just what that's referring to. I mean, that's also part of me, too. Like, that's just like what comes with the Carter package. It's probably like the fourth bullet point down if you, you know, were to order me. Uh, Sometimes trips up on grammar and words. Can I get the six bullet points of like I'm on Amazon Prime, have Carter Elliott in my cart? Like what? What does it say? Uh, big, worthless, um, funny, hardworking, has grammar issues, uh, shoddy shot selection. Okay, is there a discount on that? <laughs> like. Are you saying I should be discounted? Well, I'm just like five of those six bullet points were negative. You know, what is it? Sell low, buy high. Okay. I just, you got to give yourself a little more credit than that. I think my friend buy buy the dip. Yeah, you're right. right. Not an econ podcast. Travis Nelson says, I've seen enough. MSU will not reach the 13 loss mark, meaning the worst regular season they could get with a loss in both Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament will be 21 and 10. So at minimum, 13 conference wins. This was sent to us after the Penn State win. This was sent to us before the Northwestern loss. Uh, (laughs) Travis Nelson, I think you're wrong, my friend. Michigan State now sits with six losses. It's highly likely to be seven after a trip to Champaign later this week. And uh, you're right, with two in the postseason. Honestly, maybe the biggest point towards avoiding 13 losses would be you might not have a postseason loss this year. We're going to make the tournament. Certainly up in the air. We will. It's one It's one thing we can hang our hat on. We will. Somehow, some way. You'd like to think so. We will. Hall of Fame coach, like you'd like to think he could get a preseason top five team in the tournament. Yeah, I think he yeah. will. Okay. Ryan the Lion says, uh, who wins these hypothetical games to 21? Winner takes ball. A team of three Doug McDaniels versus five Mati Sissokos. Let's start with that, and then we'll go to the next one. Who wins that to 21? I think the three Doug McDaniels win. You know how much five Matis are going to run into each other defensively? I think if it was five on five, I would take – Doug, but three on five, I would take Mahdi. Yeah, because that if you're three on five, I think there's some like geometry you need to do, and I don't trust Doug to do geometry. Second one, Cassius and Edie versus Killian Hayes and James Wiseman. Uh, Killian Hayes and James Wiseman win. Yeah, not particularly close either, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Doug and Terrace versus Xavier Simpson and Teske. Xavier Simpson and Teske. Yeah. 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 Pretty easy. Okay. Uh, thing, I like those, Ryan. Maybe want uh, more of those going forward. That's a fun one. I would kill for John Teske to be my center. He's a great center. He was a really underappreciated center. He, uh, yeah. Yeah, he made it hard on the Purdue Monster Bigs back in the day when they had some good battles. Melba says Carter in his goggles versus Robbie Avila without his goggles. Do we know if Robbie Avila is our prescription? I would assume they are. I don't think that's just a style thing, but well, well sometimes people wear them because it's a protective thing. Like the ones I bought, it not only like has a, has like my prescription in them for vision, but it also has like a thick outer layer that like covers. Like no one would it be able to like get their fingers up under there or like make contact, I guess, with my eyes. Um, so I'd like to know that. But yeah, Robbie Avila would beat me without his goggles. 
so would you say you support always wearing protection? Yes. In all settings? Yeah, Carter always wears jimmies. <laughs> That's not what I asked, but okay. Uh, okay. Guy says Greg on Carter's shoulders versus Zach Edie with shin splints. Shin splints are no joke. I think we are have a better are, chance than people Are you think. on my shoulders? I'm on your shoulders, yes. Okay, I think like we're we're that's a close game. Yeah, I think we have a much better chance in that setting than anyone would give us credit for. I'm not saying we're going to win, but we're going to make it tough. So here's here's what I'm convinced with. If I'm on your shoulders, we're what? Like we're Connor Vanover. But no, we're like 9 feet tall minimum. Like I I know that doesn't add, but like you're six seven, I'm six two. So if I'm on your shoulders, what what kind of math is that? Six plus well, six. But I'm not I'm not standing up straight, right? So like it only I oh only you're not like my no I'm sitting on your shoulders. Oh I thought we were doing like straight like let like you're standing on my shoulders. Well, if we stand on your shoulders, then yeah, we're twelve feet tall. Yeah, you also might fall and hurt yourself. I might fall. I don't want. That. I think I could sit on your shoulders, and then. The thing is, it's gonna sound bad. The thing is, if I get some practice shots and I get comfortable to the depth perception from that angle, I'm pretty sure we could just shoot over anyone. And I like my chances as an open shooter. That's true. So, like, I think I think we could win that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Also, defensively, I'm not saying I'm fleet of foot, but like, we're definitely gonna be slow if I got you on my shoulders. Yeah, very slow. We'd have. But he's got. Shins, but he's got shin splints. But see, I think we could just sit there in the paint and it would come down to three-point shooting. And I think me on your shoulders is a better shooter than Zach Eady. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Let's set that up. I'd really like to do that. Minus the shin splints. Uh, <laughs> Melba responded. It's so funny. I love Melba. Responded to Guy's comment and said, but Edie turns out to just be 20 raccoons in a trench coat. <laughs> it's so, so, so good. Uh and then we had some uh, some player comparisons to Discord members. This is why the Discord's awesome. Guy said uh, Melba is high volume and high efficiency. She's like Utah State Stephen Ashworth. <laughs> I, I don't want to be compared to Stephen Ashworth in this economy. Do you want to give any player comps out to other members of the Discord? Tristan said just let me be Tristan Newton for obvious reasons, and I'm good. Tristan is Zed Key. <laughs> Both in BMI and actual like look. He's made a lot of positive changes to his his health routine the last year too, just like Zed Kiaz. Yeah, started drinking water. <laughs> Impressive stuff. Uh, anybody else? Any others you throw out there or no? Mm. Who's Malik? Mm. Why do I feel like Malik's Tyson Walker? I was gonna say he's Aaron Henry. You think? Yeah. See, my thing with Tyson, Tyson's so chippy that, like, like the way Malik comes at you and antagonizes you a little bit feels like Tyson singling out Ty Berry, you know? That's very true. Who's Ryan the Lion? Hmm. Just like, who's the biggest chaos agent? But who's, like, a, like Draymond? I, was gonna, I wasn't going to do a state player. I was going to say, like, Curbelo, maybe Creesa. I don't know. Ryan the Lion, like... I, I feel like those guys are less aware that they're chaotic. I think Ryan like owns he's chaotic and is like, yeah, that's part of me. Maybe he's like Kyle. Maybe he's Kyle Aaron's. Eh. I like the Draymond comp, honestly. 
What about Matt Van Dyke? Okay, let's move on. Boom Fizzle 79 says, a lot of hay is made over the Big Ten style of basketball, going so far as to say it's why a conference team hasn't won the Natty in 20 years. Is that style that distinct? Does it hinder the conference in the postseason? How do you see that changing or evolving with the new teams coming in next year? It's a really good question. One we could probably do a long-form topic on at some point, but uh, your quick thoughts? In short, I think that the addition of the new teams is going to be great for the Big Ten because I think it needs somewhat of a of uh just a just like a reset or something. You know, like when you're at sleep at night and your pillow just gets really warm on one side and you're just like, let me flip it. I need a little bit of more of a cold pillow. Actually, for all I know, you like warm pillows. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you okay, said that's, that. That's that's crazy. It's crazy. I, I mean, okay, don't act like that's a crazy thing to think. Sometimes you come out with things like that and I could see you as a warm pillow guy. But I think that the flipping that's crazy. Of the pillow, Stop saying you could see me as a warm pillow guy. That's so disrespectful. Is it? Yeah. Just, oh, I mean, just, okay. just stop so, saying it. Okay. Sorry. I, I won't say it anymore. But what I'm saying is it just it just needs a little bit of a reset. We need a cool side of the pillow. Add some new teams. Get some new blood in here because the Big Ten is just stagnant. Just kind of stagnant. Like, it's Purdue is great. Illinois is good this season. But, like, year after year, all we can do is count on Purdue to be really good. And then the team that's really good in our conference is out here losing the 16 seeds in the first round as the number one seed. So it's like, we need we need to put the conference in rice. If it's an iPhone, it dropped in the lake. You're rushing. Throw it in a big bag of rice, and hopefully it comes back to life. I think I said this last year at one point on the show, um, but I think – I, I have two main thoughts. Um, there, There is definitely a style of play in the Big Ten that is not best suited towards March. And I think a lot of where these programs are at has been about preparing themselves as best they can to win the Big Ten and not to go win the NCAA tournament. And I'm not even saying that's a good or a bad move. Like, I, I think you probably should be trying to win your conference more than you should try to win the NCAA tournament. But – the reality is the way the league is officiated allows for a brand of basketball that you can't play in the NCAA tournament. Like it's just, it's going to be called differently. They allow a lot of physical contact in the big 10. That is not like you watch games in other conferences. It's not really like that. Like it's more freedom of movement. It's more, I don't know, just less of a slog. Um, and, and games are called like they are outside of the Big Ten in the NCAA tournament. They're not called like Big Ten games. So that's part of it. Um, I also think at the same time, no matter what we want to say, if it's true or not on style, teams should win some games. Like I, Illinois should have won at least one of their three that they lost in the round of 32. Purdue definitely shouldn't be losing to these teams, no matter where they're playing or how it's officiated. Um at a certain point, you just got to look in the mirror. The, the the programs themselves need to be better at that time of year. Um, but my my broadest theory, which I said last year, is that Matt Painter broke the Big Ten. Do you remember that theory? I, I, I do remember that. But also, is it out of line to say, like, what's the difference stylistically between what UConn was doing last year and they won a national championship between some Big Ten teams? Uh, like, they – Way, way better, more dynamic guard play. Okay, so that's what. So it's the guard play thing. It's not the style of play. Well, there's, there's been good guards in the Big Ten too, but like, yeah. I, I think in general, in general, you need an NBA guard 
right? Like, I, I, I think all the teams that have had a serious chance to win a national title in the last few years have had an NBA guard. I think that matters. And last year, UConn had Jordan Hawkins. Um, this, the, Tristan Newton might not be an NBA guard, but he's up there. Like, he's close. Like, this uh, – who's the last NBA guard in the Big Ten? Jay Nivey? Yeah, Jay Nivey. And he had a lot of issues. And he <laughs> like, lost to St. Peter's. He had a lot of issues, though. Like he, I, I mean, we like Jay Nivey, but it was a clunky fit, and he's still in Pistons post-game press conferences talking about how much he loves being off the ball, but he needs the ball. So, <laughs> like, that was just never going to work. Uh, Johnny Davis was another, like, oh, he's an NBA guard. He might be the worst guard in the NBA right now. So the reality is, they're like, look at the talent that's come through the conference, and it's not a lot of next-level guys. Like, we have talented players at the college level, we have a bunch of national player of the years, man. Look at Luca Garza. Look at Zach Eady. Look how dominant they were. They were the best player in all of college basketball. Uh, who is the best NBA player? Jaron Jackson? Like, Jaron and Franz are like the only two good NBA players in the league. OG Ananobi. Like, those guys, I don't know. I just, you need to have an influx of talent with experience, with posts, with guard. Like, the Big Ten, because of, again, this is my theory. Because of what Painter built so successfully, he was identifying these these huge monster bigs going back to Isaac Har or Isaac Haas and then Matt Harms, but nobody knew how to stop it. When Isaac Haas came into the league, everyone looked around like, "Uh oh, we have to get somebody to stop that dude." And then you saw the Luca Garzas, the Kofi Coburns, the Hunter Dickinsons, these plodding centers come into the league that were all good, but it was all trying to deal with what Purdue's got. And I think that set the league backwards, honestly. And there was one coach that I can think of off the top of my head that said, you know what, go ahead and rock with that. I'm good. I'm going to see what my style does. And that was Shrews. And it honestly worked for a season. Worked great. Worked great. So, yeah, and thanks, Shrews, Purdue. Shrews in one NCAA tournament in like two or three years at Penn State had as many NCAA tournament wins as a lot of better programs in the Big Ten. Like, I was running the numbers in the last four years to you last night. Like, Shrew's one NCAA tournament win with that style is as much as a lot of other programs had in that three-year span. It's crazy. Right. So, yeah, that's my thoughts, Boom Fizzle. Good question. Booby says, uh, as of right now, it looks as if Michigan basketball is dead with a dark future ahead. I fear the success of the football team will not help either. If you were the UMich AD, what are your plans to get the program back to being at least competitive? Uh, I'll take this car. If I was the Michigan AD and I was serious about Michigan basketball being competitive, I would fire Juwan Howard today. Uh, at minimum, I would fire Juwan Howard at the end of the season, the moment the season ends. Um, and then you just, you have to hunt a good coach. Uh, like I think, I think in this era, it's a little overblown how hard it is to like, like, Oh, it set the program back five years. No, no, it didn't go get a good coach and he brings half his team here and Michigan's good next season. Like people are allowed to do that. We could have gotten dusty may last year or a program could have gotten dusty may last year. And he brings John L Davis and Elijah Martin with him. So it, I don't know who that guy is. I don't love the coaching candidate pool this year. Like Nico Medved is one of the hottest names on the board. I would really like Nico Medved at Michigan uh, Medvedev, as you call him. He doesn't have a ton of players he can bring with him in year one, so it probably would take a while if you got Medved. But to me, um, you just have to go full steam ahead on a manhunt for a good basketball coach that doesn't hit people and wants to head coach games. 
you got to show to me you got to show first of all that you care because i don't think anyone outside of you and eight other people really care about michigan basketball because they think that the ad doesn't care which to be honest with you, he does not and he he just doesn't it's football and then everything else after you know whatever after that so you fire Jawan, you show you care by firing Jawan, and like actually take your basketball se- program serious and then from there you know you reset yeah um also this might sound a little different than we said in the past, but I just want to make my stance clear on this. You don't take into consideration any player on the roster with this move. Don't do it. Not including Doug McDaniel. Um, nobody on this team is good enough or does the little things enough to prioritize them as the future over hiring a good coach. Yeah, just new coach, prioritize Fat Fat Brooks, and then move forward. I would like to see Christian Anderson. <laughs> That that kid can kill him, man. What what are his grades? I don't know, but listen, the most likely thing here is Michigan fires him, hires somebody else. Christian Anderson ends up at like Oklahoma, and he's literally Trey Young. (laughs) That's that's gonna absolutely destroy me if that happened. Uh, Ryan Lyon says, "What would your realistic next one to two year plan for the Michigan program be if you were the AD?" Basically, what we just said: fire Juwan Howard, hire a good coach, figure it out from there. Wipe every. I think. Uh, the over under for players on next year's roster, if Michigan fires Juwan, should be like two, two and a half. And it, it should be a complete clean out, too, by the way. Like, I I, I hate saying this because it's one of the worst parts of college basketball is that people don't realize, like, when head coaches go, that leaves like assistant coaches scrambling kind of and looking for other jobs. And sometimes they take them with them. Juwan's probably not going to go to another college basketball job right away. So, like, basically the staff's out there just searching for jobs. But, like, it has to be a complete overhaul. In my eyes, maybe keep one assistant. I don't know. Maybe like if Saudi wants to stay or one of those guys wants to stay. Otherwise, it's got to be a complete just clean of house, clean of Jawan Howard stench, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And simply put, you have to make Tom Izzo say no. Let's not forget that. Like that, that's where the first phone call has to be. You know, there's been a lot of turmoil. Uh, there's been some rumblings. People in East Lansing get a little tired of him complaining at post-game press conferences after his fourth loss to Northwestern in two and a half calendar years. So, you know, strike while the iron's hot. Call the best coach in the state and uh, make him say no. That's what I would do. Uh, Ryan Lyons says, what Big Ten player would you least want to face in a fist fight? What Big Ten player would I least want to face in a fist face in a fist fight? Face in a fist fight. Face in a fist fight. Hmm. No one on Michigan State, that's for sure. Uh, why do I feel like I don't want to? I don't want to fight Cliff. I feel like Cliff's got. I feel like Cliff's got reach, strong, nimble. I got. I don't. I don't want that smoke. I think that's a really good answer. Um, why do I feel like Cliff knows jujitsu or like UFC? For you, I was gonna say you shouldn't want to see Lance Jones. I certainly want to see Lance Jones. You do want to see Lance Jones. Oh yeah. I I don't think you do. I think you get in the ring with Lance, and uh, I don't. I, I think he might take some things out on you. Okay, <laughs> it looks pretty good. Jesse says, "Please rank your top five basketball or sports related movies, and tell uh, others why their list placement gar- is garbage." Do you have any basketball or sports related movies top five? I'm not going to give you the top five because it'll take a long time for me to get it, but I just want to get these couple points out there. He Got Game is the best sports movie of all time. Remember, the Titans is certainly up there. Coach Carter's up there. I don't respect anyone's opinion on sports movies if they have Hoosiers in their top five. 
Hoosiers is a terrible, terrible movie. Okay. Um, what was Rudy? <laughs> I liked Rudy more than Hoosiers. Uh, I would. I like Coach Carter. Remember the Titans for sure. White Man Can't Jump is up there for me. I like Like Mike. Uh, shout on Like Mike. I really like Like Mike. It's a great Out movie. Bridge. Yeah. Uh, Love and Basketball, sneaky one. You can throw that on Ooh, with the wife. That's man. a fun one. Yeah. Oh, and the the Love and Basketball soundtrack top goes crazy. Tier. Goes crazy. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's one other one I'm missing right now, but oh, just a just Space Jam. Good movie. Do, do you like Do you like He Got Game? I haven't seen He Got Game. What? I haven't seen He Got Game. Yeah. Oh, you got to watch that. That might have to be a task. I can do that. Yeah, throw that great all time classic. I can do that for sure. Um, there's also I feel like there's more football movies we're not thinking of too. Little Giants, oh, great movie. Yeah, little of oh, annexation of Puerto Rico, great. Movie. Have you seen uh Blue Chips with uh Nolte and Shaq and Penny and all them? Nope. No, it's an old movie, but that's a great great flick as well. Nice. Uh, shout out to the movie Thunderstruck, by the way, for being the worst sports movie of all time. What's Thunderstruck? It was like a Kevin Durant movie. They were trying to basically like like Mike it, but with Kevin Durant in the middle of his OKC days. It's horrible. Horrendous. Oh, okay, that's tough. i never seen that, I don't think. It's, you should watch it just for the cringe element. It's so it's – like they KD doesn't know how to act at all, and they just like gave him a movie, and he's so he's so bad. It's hilarious. Um, okay, Jesse has another one here. He says uh, – wait, do, I, do we have two different Jessies right now? No, I think we only have one Jesse still. We have two? How? No, you're we have we only have one Jesse, but his profile pic changed, and these comments are right next to each other, and there's a different profile picture for them. This is crazy. Uh-huh. Crazy how Discord rocks this. Uh Jesse says, Purdue's first tough road game aside from Northwestern will be next week at Nebraska. If the Boilers win that game convincingly, I will have seen enough evaluation evolution, sorry, and a weak enough Big Ten to say Purdue will run the table the rest of the Big Ten season until the second to last game at Illinois. Tell me why this is the sexiest prediction ever. Yeah. Sexiest prediction is wild. Uh we did speak on this though in uh in the recap video where we uh ended up going for like an hour and five minutes, which I did not even know we were going that long, but all great conversation in that video. I still think that they they don't run the table. They still end up with like I think four, four to five losses in the Big Ten. And I can't explain to you why. It's just it's it's gonna happen. I think it's three or four. That's where I'm at. Um but it's not running the table. No, but I think it's three or four. It's very like they're gonna they're gonna end up one of the most dominant teams we've seen in a really long time. It's a good prediction. I like Jesse's prediction. I would be predicting the same thing if I was a Purdue fan. Fam says for Carter, what MS what is MSU's percent chance to win it all with Tomlin at the five? What is their percent chance currently? Please provide detail. Right side, I'll shut up about Tomlin the rest of the year after I get this answered. So this has been a conversation in the Discord for a while. I just want to make this unequivocally clear. There was no – we had 0% chance of adding Tomlin. Like, actually, 0, negative 10% chance of adding him. In a in a world where we do get him, it does make us a better team. He immediately comes in for us. He starts at the 5. He plays probably 30 minutes at plus at the 5. Are we – sorry, is this – this is Naquan Tomlin? Yeah. Okay. I have to process this for a moment. Continue. Yeah, so he, he starts for us. Um, we were really good. And, you know, I don't know what percentage chance we have. We'd have a better, we have a better chance of winning it than we do right now. And that's not saying much because right now I think we have a 1% chance 
of winning a national title. It might be high. Um, and then that 1% is because we have Tyson Walker and who knows what him going nuclear could do. I think there's a better chance that Naquan Tomlin would play the three at Michigan State than he would play the five. Like, I just... That'd be crazy. He might be better, but, like, he did... It's not like he's, like, a Thomas O center. So, it's hard... Like, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around that hypothetical because I, I don't even think the player archetype fits something Thomas O would ever do at that position. But he's a good player. He would be he would definitely be one of the four best players on Michigan State. So, I don't know. Weird, weird though. Like, that wasn't ever a thing, was it? Has there been Discord discussion on this that I've missed? Uh, I think it was It was coming up with a conversation where just, like, what player uh, – it was, like, portal talk, and we were uh, talking about, like, you know, Michigan State doesn't go after anybody, basically, in the portal, and, like, some hypothetical came out. I might have threw it out there. might have been fam. And I was like, you know, this team is better if we add Tomlin. And there was a couple people that said no, and that's where it started. Got it. Yeah, I just I don't think you play him at the five, but I like portal game. We can do more portal game if you want. Um, Malik Perry says I think people are dumping on Aikens without good reason. Facts plays out of position, gets no guard time. When he do get guard time, he looks good. And last Holloman, you like Greg? Say I was right. I love Malik so much. I love these comments. Um, yeah, you were right about Trey. Trey looks really good. I hope we've given you enough flowers on that. Um, he had a bad game last night, but. Holloman looks really, really good. Uh, I I don't think people are dumping on Aikens without good reason. I think there is good reason. Yeah, he's the same player, right? Probably worse. Like I'm, I'm supposed to get all excited about like one step back jumper every two games. Yeah, like he's, he, you know, like we we thought there'd be like maybe some type of evolution. Um, just as far like he just looks uncomfortable with the ball. Like everyone, I'm I was the biggest advocate for like let's see what Jay Nakins looks like with the ball in his hands. When he does get a chance to get the ball in his hands, he looks like he really can't do much. Yeah. Like he's a he's a catch and shoot transition guy, defense guy. It's the same guy he was last year, probably slightly worse in my eyes. So that's disappointing. And there's a role for that. Don't get me wrong. He can be a yeah, very yeah. good player on this team. But if you look significantly less dynamic with the ball than Trey Holloman, we're not gonna be like running around to praise you. And the reality is if Tyson Walker can get better after last season. Like the Tyson Walker made another jump after last season. We're still waiting on the first Jay Nakins jump. So I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I think uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Clean cut Jay Rutt says in the recap of the Purdue and Illinois game, I'd love to hear your thoughts on who you learned more about. Illinois plays well again without Terrence Shannon and makes the comeback. Purdue gets five of 20 shooting from Smith and Lawyer. Edie has foul trouble, misses a lot of time, yet they still win and control the game mostly. It's a huge TKR confidence game. Who do you think we learned more about in that game? Um, I'm going to take the cop out here. I don't think I really learned much about either team in that game. Okay. I, I really don't I really don't think I did. Like I I I think Purdue is a great team and they got a lot of pieces that are even outside of Zach Eady and that's what they got. And as far as uh, Illinois, I mean, I feel like I, I still think they're a good basketball team. I think there was maybe some adjustments they could have made as far as lineups, but that's more coaching. But I don't think I learned anything about either team in this game. Okay. I do think I learned something about one of the two sides. I think I learned more about Illinois. Um, I think we knew Purdue was the best team in the country. We knew that. 
And I think going back to the summer, we've, at least you and I have believed that we've known Purdue would be really good without Zach Eady. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't feel like learning that Purdue still was a good team with Edie in foul trouble was like shocking, especially at Mackey arena. It was impressive, no doubt. And what TKR did was very impressive, but we've been high on that. Like we're, I'm, we're not surprised by that. I do think your point about Smith and the lawyer struggling and still winning comfortably is a good one. But again, I don't necessarily think we would say that couldn't happen. Like Purdue is good enough. They can survive bad nights from certain guys. In fact, they've been doing that with at least one of the guards in most of their games this year. It's very rare. They've gotten all the good guards playing at the same time. So this was more about Illinois to me because what Illinois learned was that they have one thing they can do that is better than Purdue. That like, we learned that we didn't know that we thought Illinois' best thing was going to be the five shooters, but we didn't know if it would work. Even though we said they should try it, there was a chance they run the five-shooter lineup out here and Purdue just wipes them off the floor. That didn't happen at all. In fact, it was the opposite. Illinois looked like the way better team when they had the five shooters on the floor, and they looked like the way worse team with every other combination. Oh, Jesus, combination. Take over. I just died. Are Are you okay? I don't know. I feel like I swallowed a bug. I feel like it's ugh. I would hit you with a back tap right now, but unfortunately we're on Zoom. Bounce back. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we learn more about Illinois. That's my answer. Great question, though. Joe Jackson says, do you guys think DGL or Danger will have a larger role for Illinois moving forward, assuming Redacted isn't back? I think it's got to be DGL. I think DGL is probably more playable in more games than Danger is. I think it should be DGL, but I think it's going to be Danger. Mm. I don't think Brad trusts DGL yet. Yeah, true. But, like, I I just think that not saying, like, DGL is just some, like, great player, but he's probably more versatile and something they need without redacted. Yeah, they, they need what DGL could give them more than they need what Danger does give them. Yeah. Um, so pressure on that to have it be figured out by the end of the season Malik is back he says this is more so for Carter if Sissoko Hall Holloman find their consistent play won't say, <laughs> won't say middle for Greg reasons what else would make this team better for me it's Aiken's ball handling because Hogarth's three-point shooting looks better let's start with those three guys finding consistency begin with that and then go yeah. from there okay let's, 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 I'm not even addressing that second part let's start with the consistency part and see if we can get there Okay. Uh, Go Boilers 20. Blake says, is Madi's main issue simply effort and motor? Could it be Booker coming in all hyped and Cooper expected to take a step plus Madi struggling a bit at the end of the year caused him to enter the year a little down about his future role? Do you think this is confidence or not confidence, but effort and motor related for Madi? No, I think Madi probably has some of the best effort and motor on the team. It might be like miss. It might be misused. Might be, you know, the the motor and the efforts not communicating from his from his head to his limbs fast enough. But as far as effort and motor, he probably has one of the best on the probably the best on the team. Maybe one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more just skill stuff. Um skill and processing game speed stuff. Skill and skill and IQ. Basketball yeah. IQ. Yeah. He Madi honestly reminds me of like like you're like a class full of first graders. And, like, it's recess time. And, you know, they all split up. Some go on the swings. Some go for a walk. Some are drawn with chalk. Some are playing football or something, right? Madi reminds me of, like, the first grade kid that is just, like, 
running full speed into a wall. Like you don't knock that kid's effort or motor. That kid, that kid's going, but he's just spending all his time and effort and motor on running himself physically into a wall. I mean, that's just an insane analogy, but it fits. I think that's like, that's how I view watching him. Like that kid, he's trying so hard. I, I just picture a first grade teacher, like at parent teacher conferences, like, yeah, I, you know, I can't knock, I cannot knock Todd's motor. Kid's special. He wants it. Yeah. But he just keeps running into walls. Yeah, we just need to get him turned away from the wall. And then he's he's going to be a, an Olympic track runner one day. But Madi just, mm, he wants to run through that wall. Uh, Jesse says, I know he's coming off his, quote, C game, but is comparing Braden Smith to Steve Nash fair? Not saying his ceiling is that, but his play style. Smith to Nash. Do you like that? I guess I'll give a play style thing, yeah. But – uh, it's going a little bit too far to go like Nash, like Braden Smith is college basketball, Steve Nash. Nash was one of the best shooters in NBA history also. So yeah. I think like Braden's shooting has gotten really good, um, but I don't love it just because Nash is a bigger shooting threat to me than Braden. Um, well, obviously Nash, Nash is better. Okay, while him. you're doing this now, I got to look up what Nash shot at Santa Clara. I have a uh, – somebody gave me this comp. I forget who it was, but somebody on Twitter – Asked me about a Braden comp. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not giving them credit for this. I really like it. Matthew Della Vadova with Braden Smith. I could see that. But Delly's kind of like bigger, isn't he? Like height wise, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, d- college Delly to me, very similar to college Braden Smith. Yeah. Also from, wait, was that three? Sorry. I was looking up Steve Nash three point numbers. Honestly, like, not that great. I mean, 40 was good, 39 again. So shot 45 or 40, 46 as a junior. That's great. But then was 34 as a senior? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I honestly could see Braden, too. Like, by his senior year, he's shooting, like, 70% from the field and 55% from three. <laughs> like, yeah. Also, Nash is, like, averaging, like, always above 17 points a game, too. Yeah, Braden, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm so f- excited to see what Braden Smith looks like on a team where he's the best player. Hopefully it's not a letdown because there is a world where it is, by the way. I don't think there is. but I think, I, I'm saying there's a world where yeah, he's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. But maybe not being the expectations that you think it's going to look like. I see what you're saying. I want to go on record that I don't see that world as a possibility, but I see what you're saying. Uh, tra- Travis Nelson says the final performance of Marquise Noel, the musical has arrived. Does Doug take a bow after also bingo, let his assistant dog spot direct for one more night. <laughs> it's really good. Trav. It's really good. Uh, Doug did not take a bow after his shit performance at Penn state. No. His assistant dog spot. He honestly, he might've taken a body language bow again, just like a fold into the fetal position where everybody ignores him. That might've happened. It's kind of like a, yeah, just a, a little bob. Uh, Jesse, who was flying to Hawaii, I believe, uh, sent us a picture of some Lagunitas IPAs, said double fisting on airplanes, proper etiquette or worrisome? Uh, not worrisome whatsoever. A, a great man once told me that flying sober is for birds. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think it's proper etiquette, Jesse. Although, not a fan of the Lagunitas IPAs. Wouldn't go there on a plane. Like drinking... Oh, I love a good Lagunitas hazy IPA. Drinking an IPA on a plane sounds like my personal hell. 
<laughs> I, I can't. That's I wake up and the devil's just like, get on. And then the, the flight attendant comes out with a tray full of IPAs. Like, you got to drink six of these. <laughs> terrifying. Tristan Freeman says, uh, in honor of Michigan, what are three other college basketball teams you'd hate to be a fan of right now? Say Pitt and I'm throwing hands. Arkansas for sure for me. Yeah. I say Arkansas. Arkansas and UCLA and USC. Yeah, I think that's fair. At the same time, I would kill to be a fan of any of those three right now. I would absolutely drive across the country to be a UCLA fan right now. Uh, Melba says, update on the cross-divisional standings. Melba was putting together, like, if you had the football divisions and standings worked, like, are they beating the other division? What division would be better? Um, The update from the latest month is that through 26 games – the West is nine and two against the East. The West is Wisconsin, Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois, Northwestern, Nebraska, Iowa. Uh, the East is Indiana, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, Rutgers. We are the reason we're losing. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Once again, on us. Michigan State's zero and three in cross division games. Why? Why me? Brutal. They should give out trophies for this. By the way. That would a lot of programs in the West would get their first banner if they gave out a trophy for this. It'd be nice. Be nice. Uh Tristan Freeman, another question. How do you guys feel about your respective sleepers college basketball fantasy teams? Have anything nice to say about the last unbeaten team in the league? I haven't checked my fantasy team in about two months. That's on brand. Uh what's off brand for me is I haven't checked it since Christmas. So I am officially setting my lineup right now. Uh Christmas, I was really good. I was like a top five team in the league. Now it looks like I've fallen to ninth, and I'm five and four. Should probably set my lineup. We're going to work on that this week. Where am I? Uh, let's check real quick. You're two and seven. Okay. You're tied for uh, 21st in the league with Michael Lofton. Okay. All right. Not That's great. Tough. Tristan Freeman is undefeated. Of course he is. Uh, guy says, rate the big guy, my newsletter, on a scale of 1 to 10. What improvements do I need to make? Do you prefer Monday musings or wild weekend? Can you read the link to it out loud? Of course we can. The link is guyfr. I think that means guyforreal.substack.com. Uh, it's a great URL, first of all. Guyfr.substack.com. Our boy Guy is uh, writing a newsletter multiple times a week. Guy is extremely good at this, extremely entertaining as a writer for, uh, you know, not to reveal too much, but Guy, Guy is very new into the content game, and he is incredible at this. He's going to be really, really good wherever he ends up later in life doing this. But uh, subscribe to his newsletter, show some love. You will enjoy it if you're a college basketball fan. Do you have any improvements for him to make, Cart? Uh, not enough working in of me. Uh, to to be an eye guy in this situation. I haven't seen myself mentioned enough. I need to be mentioned once every newsletter. Yes. Um, I would advise you not to do that, guy. I'm going to give your newsletter a 9 on a scale of 1 to 10. Actual feedback that I have. Uh, I think you should come up with some, like, I don't even have direct feedback on this, but, like, quick hitter format things could be big. Like, like you came up with the TV guide on Twitter. People seem to really like that. If the newsletter could have like half of it be the musings, half of it, whatever observations you have, and then like some reoccurring, I don't know, subjects almost that are like, 
you know, once a week, you're going to get this in bullet form. Uh, keep them funny, keep them entertaining, of course, keep them knowledgeable. But sometimes I feel like little bite-sized formats like that, that people come to view as repetition that they can come back for and know what to expect really helps with growing an audience with stuff like that. And you're creative enough that you come up with some really good ones, guy. Also shout out to guy. Um, he sent me a Wichita state Jersey, as you can see right here. Thank you for the Christmas gift guy. Uh, I don't know who this is. Kenny photo. Who's Kenny Photo? It's, it's like a, he's a power forward center for Wichita State. Played at Sunrise Christian Academy. If I look up this guy's stats and he averages less than nine points a game, I might need to go across the country and have a conversation with Guy. I think he averages double digits. I'm pretty sure he's kind of good. Okay, he averages 11.3 points per game. I've Just never, like, never heard of this man. Just just a very insane jersey to get. I should have brought mine. I was supposed to bring mine to this episode, but uh guy got me a three XL Max Rice Boise State jersey. You think he sent a message? Yeah, I, I'm here. Uh, you, you heard me. 2024. My my jersey's XL for the record, and I don't wear an XL. So um yeah, I think guy's trying to tell us both to get in the gym. That's what I think is going on. I respect that move, by the way. I really 100%. respect that move. Uh, thank you, guy. I really like the jersey. Do you want to wear our jerseys tomorrow? Yeah, let's wear it tomorrow. Let's wear a jersey tomorrow. Okay. We got to remind us on that. Uh, okay. That's all the comments today. Woo! Deep breath. I almost choked and died halfway through that. And yet here we are. Three topics today. Let's get into it. Uh, first one. Who's actually the best backcourt of the Big Ten? This is always a fun or hectic conversation. Uh, for years, I feel like we've been arguing where Michigan State lands on this preseason. There was a lot of like, where does Braden Smith fall in this dialogue? Um, and then Ohio State kind of emerged as like the best backcourt. At a certain point, somebody as a pundit nationally was like, yeah, Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale are the best backcourt this year. And then Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale went seven for 34 in a loss to Indiana. And it has me rethinking everything. So... I want you to pick the backcourt that's only two guys. I don't think it's fair to be like, I get five guards for Michigan State. It's not the backcourt rotation. It's what point guard and shooting guard would you take over what point guard and shooting guard elsewhere, anywhere in this conference? Who has the best? What position is Ty Berry? I will allow Ty Berry as a shooting guard. People are going to think it's a near knee-jerk reaction, but Boo Booey and Ty Berry should be in consideration because Boo is great and Ty Berry's good. Should we do the um, nominees quickly? Because I think the nominees are basically Braden Smith and your pick of Fletcher Lawyer or Lance Jones. Uh, you could do Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale. I think for Michigan State, I think it has to be Hogard and Walker, unless mm -hmm. you wanted to do Walker. But Hogard's better than Aiken, so Hogard and Walker. Um I think Boo Booey, Ty Berry would be the Northwestern play. I think you could, with Illinois, it's hard with Shannon out. With Illinois, it's got to be like Rogers Damask, probably. Mm -hmm. I would I would count Damask as a two if you want to. Um, and he's great. Like, that's not a crazy argument. Wisconsin, you could do Hepburn and Store. Not a bad backcourt. Maryland, Jameer Young, and I guess Deshaun Harris-Smith disqualifies them. But there are good options is the point. 
Yeah. I mean, even if you wanted to go like Ace Ball and Kanye Clary, that's a good good backcourt. That'd be a crazy answer, but you could. Yeah. Wait, I'm just saying, throwing it out there as an option. Yeah. Um, I think that the thing is it makes it tough because I'm doing like the whole season, right? If you're going over like the past month, some backcourts been playing better than others. Um, even though those two guys just had that stinker at Indiana, I just think that's an anomaly. I don't think those guys are going to stink like that. Um, I think I would still take Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale. And second would be Boo and Ty Berry. And then third, either Purdue or Michigan State. Okay. So I think my feedback on your answer would be Braden Smith third feels like it's undervaluing how good Braden Smith is, no matter who's next to him. Maybe I'm wrong. Cause you could, you could make the same argument with Tyson Walker. Like Tyson's that good, but as like a run the show, make everybody better guy. I feel like having Braden Smith behind Northwestern and Ohio state seems a little wild to me, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it as a unit though. Yeah. Okay. Like if we're doing if we're doing like what point guard do I want in the Big Ten? I mean, I'll change my answer probably. Okay. Where's Illinois land on your list? Because Damascus has been a killer. If we're counting Damascus in two. Yeah, that last Ty Rogers performance has me reconsidering life. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have a conversation on Ty later this week, I think. Um like, can people just guard him with centers every time and it's going to work? I think there might be more to that than people think. Uh, I you got to put like some weird, like clickbait, like uh, bot, like uh, what is it called? Thumbnail. Like, can a can a cinder block check Ty Rogers? It's <laughs> like something like that. Honestly, depending on how big the chair is, I think you could have a chair check Ty. Just put the chair in the lane, and or like a. What's one of those like big like office cabinets? Like just put a massive office cabinet stack. A big a big filing cabinet. Yeah. I don't think Ty I don't think Ty has answers for that, depending on how big it is. Uh, okay, so I wanna go on record with this, and it, it hurts my soul to say it, but I think you know where I'm going with this. I don't trust the Ohio State guards at all. I don't trust them at all. I'm out on them. I don't trust them. Um, I, I trust Roddy Gale, so I trust one of the guards. I don't trust Bruce Thornton at all, and that's that's just personal. It's conjecture. It, I don't have a ton of numerical substance to why. Uh, I know Bruce has been really, really good this year. The big games that I've seen or, like, when Ohio State has a 12-point lead that suddenly evaporates to zero, Bruce Thornton's usually doing a lot of, like, standing around doing nothing. Um I just can't get over it for some reason. I think that should be the answer. I think that's the the most talented backcourt in this conference, but I don't trust them. I like, how do you go seven for 34 in a game collectively from two guys? Like I I've just never seen that from a good backcourt like Michigan States or Purdue's or anybody else in this conversation, like to, to have two volume shooters be that bad and you lose a game by six because of it. It's crazy to me. Um, so I'm going to disqualify Ohio state for my answer. And I thought my answer was going to be the surprising answer that you would argue with me on, but it sounds like not. The answer is definitely Boo Booey Tiberi. It's definitely that. Like, I, I was trying to envision if you drop those two guys on all these other teams, what happens? 
I think Michigan State with Aikens at the three and the front court they're currently playing gets better with Bowie and Barry at the one and the two than they do with AJ Hogard's inconsistencies. Um, I feel pretty strongly on that. No matter how good Tyson Walker is, like Ty Berry's way more consistent than AJ Hogard is, I think you get better. If you drop Boo Booey and Ty Berry on Purdue instead of Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, better basketball team immediately, like very immediately. And I know Purdue fans are going to be mad at me for that. But Boo would be incredible with Edie off of Edie. Uh, talk about like a guy who's not afraid to shoot shots. Ty Berry is, is like a fully realized version of what they hope Fletcher Lawyer could one day be. Um, even Ohio State, man, I think if you drop Boo and Barry in Thornton and Gale's place, I think they're better because I just think Boo is a better player than those guys. He's a way better player than those guys. He's one of the best guards in the country, and he's backing it up. Like coming into this year, it was like, oh well, Audige was the big reason. Like that's. Boo's still a losing player. Adige made the di- – no, nope, it's Boo. Boo's that good. He makes everybody else better. And uh, I think it's time we officially coronate him. For the remainder of his tenure, we shouldn't be debating this anymore. Like, that's that's the best backcourt because they have Boo Booey and because Ty Berry looks really good playing off of Boo Booey. Yeah. I can't wait for Boo Booey to be done with the Big Ten. <laughs> I love him, man. I hate that you've had to like stop loving Boo because of the results. It hurts me. It's like go, 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 man, go somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is a good segue though because you had a Michigan State topic you wanted today. You want to tee this one up? Yeah. So you know, of course, Michigan State losses always send me into somewhat of a tailspin of thought, uh, and usually those thoughts provoke some ideas, and because of what happened last night, you know, I was just thinking about you, you sent me some stats on what the four years of Michigan state basketball has looked like with AJ Hogard and Malik Hall as like the senior guys. Like this is the core that coaches has ridden into this year with. And that got me thinking like, okay, what's it going to look like once those guys are gone? Cause both those guys are probably gone after the season, unless I, I think AJ might have a COVID year. I'm not really sure how that thing works, but it had me thinking on paper next year, what is Michigan State's lineup? Because is is Izzo going to add somebody in the portal? Probably not. Uh, the way he talks about it and the way he doesn't want to be involved with it, I, I'm i not banking on him to do that. So next year, you're looking at a lineup that is, who knows what, if Jay Nakins comes back? I don't know. But let's say the lineup is, let's go Fears, Fears Akins, Fears Akins Tang, uh, like Xavier Booker, Madi, like what 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 does that lineup look like next year? Like it, I'm just looking to next season, and I like you know I like Kurtang. I think Jace Richardson could be a piece. They have some other like I think McCall is gonna be a project, but like he'll be good. Um, Garrett Norman too, I think will be a big piece for next season. Don't know what that's gonna look like, but you know I think he's gonna be he's gonna factor into the rotation next year. Are the is the outlook of Michigan State next year kind of bleak? With if we're just if we do nothing over the summer, like put it in like we we there's no ads, no nothing, and we go into this we go into next season with this core without Tyson Walker, without AJ Hogard, and without Malik Hall, what does this team look like next season? Because this team's struggling right now with quote unquote veteran guys in the fold. So you take those guys out, and especially you take Tyson Walker out, what does this team look like? Yeah, I think it's a fair question. Um, On paper, I'm scared. On paper, it's scary because I I don't think 
there is a reasonable way to expect that next year's team is better than this year's team. Um, now, I I have completely flipped on this because all I, I've been saying for three years, you knew this, the, the year to keep an eye out on Michigan State is the year after A.J. leaves. I've been saying that this whole time because I my expectation was that the roster next year was going to be Fears, Tang, Carr, Booker, Akins. And Akins is going to be a superstar. Fears is going to be ready. Um, now, I still think on paper that would work because you have you have shooting in Akins and Tang. If Fears is ready to run the show, obviously he got hit with a disaster, horrible moment in life that has set all of this back. But I think like there was a path to, like it's Jeremy Fears' team next year, and everyone's very excited about that. So the the curveball has been that Booker and Carr are barely playable right now. And that was supposed to be your your star front court team next year. So I think you have to sort of reset this because I think as Tom Izzo has shown, um he's gonna play his vets, even if his vets lack talent or lack consistency. Like Malik Hall's not going anywhere. AJ Hogarth's not going anywhere. Those guys have been about AJ got better, but over the course of the season, they've had about as low of lows as you can have, and nothing's really changed. So I don't think Mati Sissoko's going anywhere is the point. Like, he's going to start at center as long as Mati Sissoko's on this team. And I, I, you you still have a lot of bigs. Like, it's not like Izzo needs to go get a center when he thinks he has Mati and Cooper and Jackson and maybe Booker next year. Like, he he's not upgrading a center spot. So – you know you're entering the season with the same poor play at the five. And I think the guard spot looks worse because Tyson Walker's gone. No matter who's back there, even if you like Fears and Holloman and Akins as a backcourt, like, this backcourt's bad if you remove Tyson Walker, right? <laughs> like, Yeah. So it, 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 it's, ve- it's very dependent on guy, like guys taking jumps, and that scares me. The big question is what happens at the four because – Assuming Malik Hall is gone, he's he, he doesn't come back, does he? Isn't there a COVID year for him if he wants it? I I think so, but I just think I don't think he comes. But I'm I'm actually pretty confident that like Hogard Hall gone. Oh my god, another year of Hogard and Hall would be a lot. It'd be I I don't know if I could do it. It'd just be a lot. Um, so if Hall's gone though, isn't the answer just Cohen Carr? At the four, at the four, yeah. So, is a Cohen Car Mati Sissoko front court going to work? Probably not. That's Cart. That's the worst spacing a team could possibly have. And you're gonna, you're telling me you're gonna need Cohen in like a thirty minute role next right. to a big. Like, I rather go. I, I mean, assuming we maybe somehow, for the grace of God, keep Booker, that would be great, and he's improves. But I would even I would even want like Jackson next to Cohen Carr instead of yeah. instead of Mati. I just you have to play a shooting threat at the five next to Cohen. You have to. Otherwise everything is screwed up. So isn't it like isn't it I hate like simplifying things because life is never easy and it's never as easy as just talking it out. But like one of the greatest coaches of all time, he knows what Cohen Carr can do. He should know like what looks good next to him, right? Yeah, but you don't have the personnel right now. 
he can there if only there was someone that could change that i don't know man what's uh like what's your general obviously we think the direction of the program is sort of stagnant right now but um what's your general sense on this like are you happy with where things are headed are you not uh not necessarily but i always had it like in the back of my head that like i think that for as good as aj's played the last month i think like we need to just like rid ourselves it sounds bad but like we need to move on from the aj hogard and malik hall like core type years it's just it's just it's just time it's time to move on and is is it gonna look bad next season it might but we gotta just move on somebody said that to me in the discord and i think it's a fair point i think it's totally fair point uh this player I'm about to reference was a way better player than AJ Hogard, but I I did this all last year. You heard me do it all last year. I couldn't wait until after Hunter Dickinson was out because it was just time to move on. The antics were too much. The inconsistency was too much. The blaming was too much. Like just let's get him out. And maybe there's a relieving effect of losing Hunter Dickinson. I was on board with that until I saw Terrace Reed play 30 minutes in a game. So I feel like there's an element of that with AJ where, like, we're all ready to move on from him. It's going to just be better just having him out. And then you're going to get to game one, and Trey Holloman's going to be your starting point guard. We're going to see how that goes. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know. And Trey might be really good. I could be wrong. But I just think, like, on paper, if, if the expectation is there's a step forward for a team without Tyson Walker and AJ Hogard, I think that's really, really scary. Fear's jump is massive, and the setback that he had is scary. Yeah, right. You don't want to be risking on that, which is uh, – you just feel horrible because it's not his fault, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, the other thing, just a couple things specific to next year's roster, I would bet my life – I think Kurt Tang's skill set is something this team desperately needs. Like, I think you could drop Kurt Tang on this team right now, and he would matter for this team. Yeah. Uh, they need shooting. He's an elite shooter. With that said, I would bet my life Cohen Carr plays like – 25 minutes a game at the three next year. And Kurtang barely gets off the bench. It just, we don't need that. Isn't that what he does though? Like <laughs> it just, he's been playing guys down a position instead of up a position while not giving freshman chances and complaining that they're not ready. Like yeah. I'd be really surprised if there's a freshman next year in a big role. I just would. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what that does. Like say, honestly, kind of same with Norman. Like, I don't really think Norman's going to come off a red shirt and, like, play 20 minutes next year. I mean, on paper, there was going to be minutes for him. Maybe. The dumb thing is, like, he should just portal, man. And I know he's going to bitch about it, but, like, the best two players on this team the last four years came from the portal. Go get another Hauser. Go get another Walker. (laughs) They're out there. They're out there, and they would come. And Izzo's done it. Like, I'm I'm not going to sit here and be like, he doesn't do it. Because he's literally done it. He just needs to do it again. I don't get it. We'll see. Um, do you want any of my numbers I texted you shared in this segment, or do you want to wait? No. Else? Okay. No. Just say, uh, keep an eye on my Twitter. I think I might have some tweets on the Hogard and Hall era and Michigan State team performance because it's not pretty. It's not pretty. This team, not great, Bob. This team's success has been closer to Penn State than it has been to Iowa in the four-year stretch of A.J. Hogard and Malik Hall. And, like, 
yes, the run in March. That was that was a great two win Sweet Sixteen that you had. That was great. Um, I don't know. Not not good. Not very good. Okay, let's move on. Sorry. I would kill to be you, if that means anything. I would love it. I'd kill to be you. No, you wouldn't. Trust me. No, you wouldn't. Detach me. You wouldn't. Uh, final topic today. I want to go through the AP poll. I'm going to pull it up real quick. And I want to play a game of how likely is this team to get upset in the first round. So I have my scale for you. You know I oh, love great. No, I love my creative scales. Uh, we're gonna do. Have you ever played GTA Grand Theft Auto? Oh yeah. You know, like the five star rating when you're wanted. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're dangerous if you got five stars. You're you're no worries. Calm one star. That's what I want for this. If this team is a big threat to lose in the first round to some horrible team, five stars. If you're not worried about them losing, one star. We we go down the scale. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Let's just go through the AP top 10 with this then. Starting with the Purdue Boilermakers. Best team in the country. Two stars. Only two. Yeah. I would I would I think they're so good. I would honestly make it one if it wasn't for last year's demons. They're gonna win. You said win one game, right? Yeah, just strictly will this team get upset in the first round or not? No. Like I the only reason I made it two is because of demons they can't shake, but it should be one. I think by default you have to give them three stars at minimum. That's where I'm at. Um, so I, I'll give them three stars and that's the lowest I'm willing to go given the history here, but yeah, I'm with you. The team is good. The team should not have any concerns. They're going to be a one seed. So it's going to be one sixteen again, yeah. but I don't They're know. Braden's been losing his mind still like Braden, Braden and Fletch once again, lost their minds for four minutes at the end of the Illinois game. Like that keeps happening, even though they keep winning. If, if we love Braden, Braden's really, really good. If Purdue, obviously you can't play these games, but if Purdue was losing these games, we would be speaking about Braden a lot differently than we speak about him. And he's put them in spots where the games are up in the air sometimes. Like it's there's a there's a theme. There's a theme that, you know, that when it's their the leads are dwindling, the, the little maestros know where to be found sometimes. Purdue needs to be up 15 quickly in their first game of the tournament. If they, if they're only up like four at the under 10, I think everyone's going to start looking around like, uh-oh. And that's mm-hmm. that's worth a three-star rating for me. Kansas is number two in the AP poll. They're not even like top 10 on Ken Palm, but second in the AP poll, they're 12-1. and one. Are they likely to get upset in March, in the first round? I put this at one star. Whoa. I don't – Self's not going to let them do that. Self's had upset issues before. You think they're going to be a one seed, though? No, I don't. Okay, I'm assuming they're going to be a one seed. Got it, okay. Um, I think they end up falling, losing some games, fall more where their metrics are, get like a three seed, maybe a three fourteen game. For that reason, I give Kansas a five-star rating. This is a circle, this team, they could lose in the first round team for me. Like lose Indiana State? Pending matchup, I don't like that Kansas still only has three and a half players. I don't like it. Like they, you're going to be in an NCAA tournament game playing guys who are not good basketball players. So, scares me. I know McCuller, Dickinson have been awesome. Harris has started playing a lot better. They've really survived a lot of games, including the TCU game. Um, 
if they're if they're a two, three, four seed, they're definitely like I have a star next to them and I'm trying to pick against them if I get a feisty matchup. Okay. Uh number three is Houston. 13 and 0, only undefeated team left in college basketball, third in the AP poll. How likely are they to get upset in March? Probably two stars. I'd say one star. I don't I don't see Calvin Sampson losing in the first round to anybody bad. Yeah, I'm with you there. One yeah. or two for me. Why is it why is it a two instead of a one for you? I still will not let go of the fact that this team's just not what they were last year. Okay. Okay. That's fair. UConn, defending national champs, crazy maniac Hurley. It's, I put this at three stars, I think. Why? I think health concerns, obviously, with Klingon, I think affect the team. And just I don't, something about this UConn team. But obviously, I'm watching it now. We know what they look like in March. They're one of the, like, Hurley gets it together. But uh, I just, I don't know. I, I feel myself watching this less impressed with UConn when I watch them every time now. I'm going to give them three stars as well. Um, I think narratively, there's a thing I'm interested in here of, like, a lot of people are going to pick UConn again to go back to back. And they could be the team that, like, screws everybody's brackets because they're mm. The same team as last year, even though a lot of people want to believe they are. Uh, but yeah, Klingon's health hangs over this team for sure. Hurley's craziness also hangs over this team. Like it's it, he's a loose cannon right now. <laughs> it's gonna be a thing. And like when they win, that's a thing. But like if they're in a dogfight in the tournament, like it ugh, scary. There's also there's also a good chance that Hurley's not coaching for the NCAA tournament when he gets in a fight when they play St. John's. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, we agree. Three stars for UConn. How about Tennessee? Rick Barnes. What's your upset first round level for a Rick Barnes team? Five stars. By default? Yeah. I'm going to give him four stars because I think Connect can shoot them out of a game like that, and I still trust the defense. But it is Rick Barnes, so we'll give them four stars. <laughs> Dying, you just give him five. Kentucky. I'm going to say one star on this. You just trust the team that much? I trust them, and they're getting better. Like, they're getting better. Like, Aaron Bradshaw is becoming a guy now. And he's not – I don't think he scratched the surface of what he can be. And they just got guys, man. And that was a very impressive road win at Florida for me. In a game where, like, shit wasn't going right. It looked like they were going to lose. They were having breakdowns, miss, like, giving up easy shots. And somehow they found a way to win that basketball game on the road. A young basketball team outside of reason Mitchell. So like I, I was very impressed. I'm gonna give them two stars by default because of how young they are. And you you yeah. just don't know how young guys will react in that setting. But um yeah I like I like your call. I really like Kentucky. I think they they're they're a final four pick for me right now after seeing them this weekend. Marquette did they lose in the first round? Uh shaka 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 um I think I'd go three stars on this. Shaka smart. You're only giving three stars. I love Oso. <laughs> That's crazy. I love, I love Oso. He's such a random guy to be so high on. He's good, but like, uh, I, I'm going to go five stars here. Um, I, couple reasons. First, Shaka. Second reason, uh, I think this Marquette team could end up seeded a lot lower than the others on this list. Like, I, I think Marquette's going to keep losing Big East games. 
So if they end up like third in the Big East, that might be like a four seed. Suddenly you're playing a better team, four versus 13. Um, I think they're good. I don't trust Shaka and I don't trust Tyler Kolek in March. I just don't. Yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm starting to waver on Sir Kolek. Good player, but huh, interesting. I just don't yeah, I know he was hurt last year, but like I just uh, you gotta prove yeah. it to me. Every every single week it feels like I see a clip go viral of Tyler Kolek talking shit before the game, and then his team loses. Like I I don't really know what to do with that. Like the remember that thing in the preseason where it was like, is Tyler Kolek the greatest villain ever? It's like you gotta win shit to be a villain. <laughs> and right. is he a real villain too, or is he like they call no. me a villain, so now I'm gonna try to be a villain? I think Tyler Kolick is not a villain at all because you have to win anything to be a villain. Like, I guess, is he a villain in Big East circles because they won the Big East last year? Like, yes, I guess. But, like, I just I don't get it. I can't see, like, he's literally, like, chirping the fans and shoot around and then they just lose. To see and, he goes, and he goes one for five from the field. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, North Carolina, concern level that they lose in the very first round of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't know. They've been playing so I would give it like two stars, to be honest with you. I really like this North Carolina team. Yeah, I'm gonna give it one star. I think they got a great guard. They have experience. Um is it weird to say I trust Hubert in the tournament? Wow. He's gotta get to the tournament, but like But once he's there, like I mean he did go to the final four. Can I uh can I make a parallel here? Please. We sure Hubert Davis isn't Jawan Howard, minus all the the extra stuff. I mean, one has anger issues. One won't allow cussing in his practice. Minus all the extra stuff. Okay, talking like coaching caliber, coaching acumen. Yeah. Jawan's whole thing was just get me to the tournament. I you mean, they. <sighs> Maybe, but Hubert's better than Juwan, right? I don't know. I mean, yeah, yes. Like, yes. of course, Hubert's not going to get fired. But, like, I don't know. Like, Juwan, Juwan Elite 8, Sweet 16 back-to-back with teams that probably weren't – I guess the Elite 8 team was really good. But the Sweet 16 with a shitty team was, like, something. I kind of mm-hmm. – I, I feel like that's the path here is what I'm trying to say. Like, they had the big run and then year off. And then, oh, I'm back in the tournament, Sweet 16. Like, that's kind of – I feel like that's coming for Hubert right now. I can feel those vibes. Okay. All right. Uh, two more. Illinois is ninth in the country in the AP poll right now. What's your concern level they lose in the very first round of the tournament? Mm-hmm. Probably like, I think like four stars. Four, really? That's high. Yeah. Why? What do you have it at? Uh, one, one. Why? Why one though? Brad doesn't lose in the first round. You said who doesn't? Brad. Brad doesn't lose in the first round. I mean, Arkansas last year was, but like that's they were worse than Arkansas. I'm throwing that out the window. Like the the years that Brad has had a good team, he doesn't lose in the first round. Yeah, I understand that. But I just think tournament demons are real. I just don't think those demons show up till round of 32 for this team. Okay. I mean, I I hope so. <laughs> yeah. 
That's that's why I think this team's too good, and I don't think the Brad's yips don't come in until. Yeah, you you know what? Four four stars is definitely too much. That's on me. I go, I go three max. Okay, I'm sticking with one star. I trust this team in the first round, no matter what. Second round depends on the matchup. You don't think like they play like Ty and Dane a lot, and like they find themselves in a close one, and no, okay, not in the first round. Second round depends all on the matchup. First round. I don't care about the matchup. Illinois wins. Uh, final final one's Arizona. Another team that got upset in the first round last year. What's your concern level for this Arizona team? One. I don't get why people trust Arizona so much. They're just, because of ceiling, I think. You just can't ignore what it looks like. The floor is low, though. And they but all... But that, but that ceiling... Everything they've done has been at home. But the ceiling... They don't play this game at home. The NCAA tournament, man. Talk about but, talk about yips. But the ceiling. I get the ceiling, but it's about the losing the first round is about your floor, not your ceiling. As someone who is very close to a lot of ceilings that he goes around, there's something special about ceilings. Four stars for Arizona for me. I think the the team's good enough that it drops it down from five, but I think Tommy Lloyd has some yips when he gets there, and I think at this team's worst, they can get ran off the floor by Stanford. But that's I don't I don't like my two my three seeds getting ran off the floor by Stanford. That's where I'm. That's at. a thing. That's a thing. Okay, to wrap this segment, uh, out of those ten teams, I'll just repeat them. We were kind of all over the place with our star ratings, but Purdue, Kansas, Houston, UConn, Tennessee, Kentucky, Marquette, North Carolina, Illinois, Arizona. We know some of these teams are going to lose in the first round. That's just how the tournament works. How many mm-hmm. of those teams, when added up at the end of the year, how many lose in the first round? I think I think three of those teams will lose in the first round. I was going to say either two or three. Yeah, three. I almost went four, but I'm, I'm going. I think I'll stick at two, but somewhere two or three. Uh, do you think more of those teams lose in the first round than make the final four? You said three, so do you think like that's that's close? That is. Um, I I think it's more chance that the teams lose the first round, which is crazy. Think about that. Like all these teams feel great about where they're at right now. We're still sitting here being like, "There's a better chance your team loses in the first round than makes the final four. Look crazy. Product. Crazy. All right. Uh, one big thing presented by Big B. What do you got today? Uh, my one big thing is that a lot of people do a lot of ordering online ordering nowadays, and this is a Midwestern centric one big thing or a cold area one big thing a lot of male people doing deliveries mail all that stuff be cognizant of that and ice your driveway and your walkway and like your steps to your house they don't need to be hurting themselves i saw a ring camera footage of somebody slipping on ice and i'm like that is unequivocally messed up so go grab some ice uh pet safe ice i must say because i am a pet podcast that can hurt dogs paws sometimes for walks and ice your sidewalk in your walkway. Mm. I love that energy, uh, especially with the with the toddler around the house. Or a, I guess we're still in baby, not toddler mode. But uh, don't want to slip when carrying the car seat. I can tell you that. And that car seat's heavy yeah. these days, card. So, uh, okay. My one big thing is a shout out to a uh, friend of the program who does fantastic work. I want to give a shout out to Dave Klein. 
Spartan hoops. Um, I think I took a couple pot shots at DK last week, one knowingly and one unknowingly. Uh, the one we were, I, I was making fun of his Carson Cooper tweet last week, which by the way, Carson Cooper was great last night. So DK may have been onto something there. Um, and then after that, there was the, the day we did the AJ Hogard discussion and Riley asked us like, who's the, the superlative, who's the preseason all conference guy who's most likely to get benched. You said Hogard. I got triggered. I was like, who had this man all conference? And, uh, I threw a shot. I was like, where at Spartan hoops at, at Spartan rivals shouldn't have thrown that shot. It was a shot. It shouldn't have been a shot. Uh, I meant that as a shot at you, quite frankly, not a shot at DK. And it ended up as a shot at DK. So uh, DK, I think you do fantastic work. Uh, I think you've covered Michigan State extremely fairly. We need to get you back on the program here. But uh, I had a couple people mention like, damn, Greg coming at DK a little bit. Not my intention at all. Uh, big fan of everything that DK does with his work in college basketball. You should go subscribe to uh, Spartan Rivals. Make sure that you get all of DK's coverage, along with Carter Elliott's coverage these days. And uh, on a personal level, DK had a conversation with me at the Champions Classic this year. And I think him and I have been on similar paths of like trying to figure out how to balance life with the content we want to make in college basketball. And um, you know, he gave me some advice that really stuck with me and uh, means a lot on a personal level. So last thing I want to do is insult a guy that I have tremendous respect for. And uh, that's my one big thing today. I love you, DK. Oh, shout out to DK. I'll see you tonight for men's league. Go get a dub. What's the men's league team looking like these days? Uh, you know, we got a couple guys in and out. Um, Coming off a tough loss last game, a, a real long break too. We haven't played in like three or four weeks. Not sure if the guy's been getting out there and getting some run, but uh, we'll be out there. I'll be bringing the rec specs out for my first men's league game, so we'll see how it goes. Love it. Love it. All right, good luck. Uh, that's the show today. We will have a show up tomorrow morning after the college football national championship wraps. We'll record later tonight. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.